I was actually at lunch with a CMO locally here the other day, and we were talking about channels that are working, and he was actually bashing on direct mail. And I thought to myself at that exact moment, I was like, man, if this guy's bashing on direct mail, I've got to be using direct mail. Because <laughs> he is like the typical CMO that's got the million-dollar budget. And if all those guys are running away from direct mail, that's exactly where I want to be. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Demand Gen Chat, a podcast brought to you by Chili Piper. My name is Emil Shore. I'm the guy who hosts the show. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and that is the quote unquote dead channel. And what I mean by that is every time I log into LinkedIn or Twitter, I'm seeing another headline that's proclaiming SEO is dead or email is dead or you name a channel and somebody's saying it's dead. And to me, it's absolutely ridiculous because it really just means that the way we use that channel is changing. Not that that channel is dead or doesn't work. It's just, it doesn't work like it used to. And so we need to be, as marketers, thinking about how we can leverage that channel differently or you know, stray away from the crowd and be unique and creative. And so I brought on a friend of mine, Jesse Williams, who is the Senior Product Marketing Manager for Red Hat's Developer Program to talk about this topic and unpack some lessons there for you guys. And so you'll notice when we recorded the episode, Jesse was actually Director of Marketing at ExecVision. So you'll hear him talking about their marketing specifically on this episode. But a lot of the lessons we take away applies to any business. So um, hope you guys enjoy. Let's hop in. So you and I, when we were chatting over email, trying to figure out what we should talk about, you brought up something that I love, which is when people claim channels are dead. And all the time. <laughs> first of all, before we get into it, why do you think people say that all the time? Yeah. So I think the reality is that people see things that are working. They see things that aren't working. You know, they try to Google how to make, you know, whatever channel they're trying to work, work. Maybe it's LinkedIn, maybe it's search and it doesn't work. And then they hear other people who say it doesn't work. And then, you know, you get this big echo chamber and they come to the conclusion that it's not working for any of them. And therefore it doesn't work for anyone. Right. And it, it just makes like a good LinkedIn post that everyone reacts to totally. positively or negatively. So you get a bunch of engagement. So I feel like people do it mm -hmm. for that reason as well. Um, so, you know, when people ask you that, you said a lot of demand gen people, you know, you have conversations around that lately. What's, what do you say? So I all, it depends on the channel, right? I almost always say it's, it's not dead. And the reality is, you know, most channels aren't dead the way that you're using them is. Um, what we were emailing back and forth with specifically is I had a friend reach out to me about SEO um, and he just got funding and he had a company he's building from scratch and he, he messaged me. He was like, Hey man, like, should I invest in SEO? Should I just dump this into paid? You know, what makes sense? I feel like SEO is completely dead these days. What do you think? And so I messaged him back and I was like, Hey man, like, you know, SEO is not dead. It's working for us. Now, can I use it in the same way that I could back in, you know, when I started my career in 2012, 2013? Absolutely not. Because back in the day, you know, you could, 
if people would trust a company to educate them, that's where you get these, the whole thought leader deal, right? You've got these right. people who, um, you know, everyone trusts them. So you get a term that's kind of relevant to your ICP. You spin up some content about it, and then you hope that somehow they connect this random topic that's relevant to them back to your company and you get a closed deal. It just doesn't work that way anymore, right? People don't trust companies because companies lie. They have, you know, they have biased interests. You know, they want to make a sale, and, and people know that online now, so they don't, they don't buy that way. But, you know, what is relevant with search is people do a lot of research, right? They know who you are, and they want to make sure your product works. So if you start targeting the terms that they're going to be searching on their buyer journey, all of a sudden SEO is working really, really well for you. Yeah, SEO is dead is probably the most common is dead uh, one out there. So, yeah. okay, give me, give me some examples. What are, what are some things that people could, um, like what kind of SEO terms could you be targeting for mid-funnel or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when you have a buyer journey, right, you probably have a consensus sale happening depending on the size of your sale. So let's say a 20K plus deal. You're going to have various stakeholders that are all um, interested in making this software work or you know, vetting that it's something that gets through compliance. So let's take something that's really, really big on the minds of all marketers right now and, and go with GDPR. Um, at some point, someone's probably going to search to make sure your GDPR or SOC 2 um, or any of the other regulation compliant. Um, that's something that you need to make sure that you show up with and have the right piece of content served at the right time. You obviously, you don't want people to go searching around and questioning, you know, is Chili Piper, is ExecVision, GDPR, or SOC 2 compliant? That's just an, it's an unnecessary barrier that you don't want to put into your sales process. So that would be a really, really obvious one. Yep. Um, for something like Chili Piper, you know, you guys work inside of a lot of email clients. You know, so you might want to spin up uh, SEO uh, pages that are focused on specific, very niche email clients. You know, does Chili Piper work well with Gmail? What about, you know, Google Calendar? All these different things that, you know, someone who's doing real due diligence would want to know. Gotcha. What about um, something a little higher up, right? Not somebody searching for exec vision chili piper what's some of the stuff you know you've come in i'd love to hear examples from your experience at exec vision what's mm -hmm. some stuff that's worked really well for you yeah so at exec vision right now the thing that's working very well for us is call recording laws okay. so call recording laws are something that are extremely outdated uh they're in legalese so no one really knows what they're actually saying right. and a lot of them are dated for actually wiretapping. So back in the, you know, in the Watergate scandal days, all these wiretapping laws went out and they were, they were uh, basically called call recording laws. Well, nowadays you've got all these different companies that record calls. I mean, Zoom is recording us right now, um, but it's not wiretapping. We were both completely aware of it. So when you have a, a company like ours that takes call recordings that are existing, you know, breaks them down, pulls data from them, uh, people start to wonder, you know, what's, what's the deal? You know, can I, can I do this to a one side recording, you know, in a, so states are either one side recording or single side recording, which means that uh, you have to get permission to be recorded um, if you're on the, the person who's receiving the call side. So people don't know like, Hey, does this mean that I can't record my calls at all? Does this mean I can't use these calls to coach people? 
And basically we break it down with them and help them to see that, you know, there is precedent to be able to record your calls either way, dual party or single party. Nice. Okay. That's a cool example. Um, going back to things that people claim are dead, I think you hit a really important note in that not everything is going to work for you, right? Just because Facebook ads work for another business doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's going to work for you. It doesn't mean it's dead. It right. just doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Like LinkedIn ads, direct mail, people say LinkedIn ads are too expensive, can't make it work. Direct mail, too expensive, can't make it work. And yeah. those have been like two channels for me that have been like rock solid during my career. Yeah. Yeah, I think, so it's funny that you bring up direct mail. I was actually at lunch with a CMO locally here the other day, and we were talking about channels that are working, and he was actually bashing on direct mail. And I thought to myself at the exact moment, I was like, man, if this guy's bashing on direct mail, I've got to be using direct mail. Because <laughs> he is like the typical CMO that's got the million-dollar budget. And if all those guys are running away from direct mail, that's exactly where I want to be. Yeah, that, that's, that's a really good point as well. When, when a lot of people are saying this is dead, that's actually a signal for you as a marketer that maybe there's some opportunity to, you can't do it like people used to do it, right? If you're doing stuff that, if you're imitating strategies and campaigns that people did years ago, right? Everyone becomes blinded. It's like banner blindness. Yeah. So you have to just come in and try something new. Yeah, um, Yeah, exactly. And, um, you brought up something else that I wanted to talk about when we were going back and forth in email saying marketers with that startup mentality, that's why they're able to undercut these orgs with massive budgets. Mm-hmm. Um, just like any examples you have from your experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So most marketers today are familiar with, uh, Jeffrey Moore's, uh, you know, software adoption curve where you start with early adopters and then you have to cross the chasm, the whole book to, early majority, late majority, and then laggards. Yep. Well, what, what people don't really relate this to is that marketing actually follows that same flow. So there are things that'll work for uh, the early adopters, right? So maybe you're advertising on something like Twitch, where there's very, very few people. Right. And then you have like the late majority. And the late majority are probably the people who are still willing and trusting of you know, the first two results on a Google search page. And they click on it and they, they hit a landing page. They have no idea they're on a landing page, right? Those are like the, the late majority. And then the laggards are the people who don't even Google anymore. They're all word of mouth. Maybe they go to a conference or something. Right. So what startups have the advantage of is because they're trying to reach early adopters, they use early adopter marketing techniques. The problem with that is that a lot of times they'll stick with that and they'll get into the late majority and they don't realize that someone else is over there picking off the early adopters, right? And those same buying habits, even though, you know, let's say um, it, it takes a lot longer than one year, but let's say it, it matches up with one calendar year, right? The early adopters are people who are buying in February, you know, and then March, April is, you know, le- you know early majority. Those people who bought in January, February, you know, eventually they're going to be at the end of the year, right? So it's constantly evolving. It's that um, the the buyer cycle, right? Some people are in active active buying cycles at different parts, but it, that wheel always right. goes around. And so if you start to completely neglect 
um, the people who are re-entering into that buying cycle, the early early adopters at a different time, they're going to be somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can stick with those early adopters. They will eventually turn into late majority, but you'll be missing out on kind of the next cycle around. Yeah. So that brings up an interesting point in that you potentially run the risk of, you know, if you're constantly chasing new channels, mm-hmm. you're, you're spreading yourself thin, chasing shiny objects. This is something I grapple with all the time. How yeah. do you... How do you personally um, set up systems where you're trying new things, but you're not just chasing shiny objects and like mm-hmm. spreading yourself too thin? I'm always measuring based on effort to impact. So if there's, and that's how I go into every channel. You know, I'm always, you know, in the in the back of my head, I know that whatever channel's working right now, someday is going to fail. So I need to start either educating myself to what channels could possibly emerge or even testing out other ones. Now that doesn't mean that a channel will die, right? We've seen Facebook be around for what, 10 years now. Um, and it's, I mean, I'm sure it's still a solid channel. I don't personally market on Facebook because of my audience, but I'm sure for, for B2C, it's a solid channel. Right. Um, what people, you know, what they really need to figure out is like, as that, as that channel kind of evolves, and you said it earlier on, you know, more people jump on that, the effort to impact starts to drop drastically. Right. We saw that with content marketing. You know, back in the day, um, Seth Godin was like king of content marketing. You know, now I guarantee you his effort to impact is significantly less in writing, uh, you know, those 10 sentence blogs that he used to have, right? Or you look at someone like, I'm trying to think the best, kind of the best thought leaders out there in marketing, like you've got Gary V, right? His effort to impact on LinkedIn is probably completely different than it is to Facebook, right? Because there's so many people who are targeting Facebook and mm-hmm. LinkedIn is kind of starting to pop up and you're starting to have these like little thought leaders like um, David Gearhart is a, a perfect example. That guy came out of nowhere. Like the effort for him to go from, you know, the nobody VP of marketing at Drift to, Everyone knows David Gearhart. He's speaking at every major marketing conference. He did that in, I mean, maybe a year, maybe a little over a year, but it's the amount of effort that he put into it compared to what he's gotten out of it is it's off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. That dude's doing awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Let's hop into how about some channels that are working really well for you guys? You know, we're talking about channels that are dead or not, but what is, you know, from, your experience at exact vision, what's been working really well for you guys that we can chat about? Yeah. The channels that are exciting right now, LinkedIn is really exciting to us. So yes, we sir. did a recent uh, announcement that we got a big funding round as well as we did a big product release. We had all of our team go through and they did, you know, we did this big employee um, kind of advocacy campaign out over LinkedIn. So everyone did a video, we posted back and we got, somewhere around a hundred thousand impressions and we spent, we didn't boost any of those. So that was completely free. It took our employees. I mean, I'm sure there's someone that took like 10 different retakes. Uh, just that's the name of the game with, with video, right? Yeah. But uh, yes, I mean, I know I shot our CROs take in one, one go. It took us 45 seconds and that was the highest, you know, viewed and interacted one. And he had, almost 200 comments, you know, 500 plus likes, you know, yep. half of our impressions overall. And so LinkedIn for us is, is really, really interesting channel right now. There's not a lot of people doing it very well. So that's a cool one. 
Yeah, I've, I saw that that um, announcement you're talking about. I saw a lot of different people's videos pop up in my feed. So, yeah, you guys did a good job. I saw at least like five videos. I saw Steve's. I saw yours. So mm-hmm. it was good. Yeah, that was and that was the first time we'd ever really done that. You know, I'd heard that LinkedIn was a great channel. It was the first time that I rallied the troops around it, and, and it was successful. So it was good to see that pay off. Um, we're definitely going to be investing more into it. Uh, the second one is, you know, doing uh, – life cycle SEO. That's what I call it. So as the deal progresses, we're not trying to find people, but we're trying to advance opportunities through SEO. That's working really, really well for us. Um, even targeting, uh, people who are at a company that aren't necessarily involved in the buying cycle who should be, uh, you know, it's working excellent for us. We pull in demo requests and, and build out kind of the, the uh, buyer committee all the time through, through search. Is that, is that along the lines of what you were telling me earlier about like call law recording or call recording laws? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So we have several different ones. I don't want to give, all, give away all yeah, of them. Yeah, you can give them all. <laughs> all tips, but that's one of them. And I know I'm fine giving that one away because I know our competitors are starting to copy us on it. So <laughs> the, the word is out. There's only so many secrets you can give out. Yeah. Um, all right. What about um, call camp also, right? That's awesome. been really good yeah. for you guys. So call camp, uh, what we're doing there, it's, you know, it's, it's nothing crazy. Um, it's a lot of partner marketing. So we find the right companies who are in the right space. And basically we, uh, get together, we figure out who's a thought leader on the sales side for them. We have them, uh, come on and, and break down real sales calls that they have. And so our goal is to be a resource. And I think that's why it's, it's grown, you know, so right now our mailing list for call camp is, um, I mean, it's in the high five figures. Uh, we have consistently, you know, just under a thousand people sign up. You know, so it's, it's performing very, very well. It's a monthly thing that we do. And a uh, thousand people per, per call camp. Yeah. We're getting close to a thousand signups per call camp. This is wow. something that we're just starting to get into in, in 2018. Most of 2018, we were like teeter tottering. We broke that 500 point. Um, with a few of our guests and then we've just seen it, you know, for the, for the better guests, it's been, it's been really, really good. So it's cool to, cool to, uh, see that happen. And really that's just built through building trust with, with, uh, the reps that we're going after. We're not trying to sling exec vision on call camp. Uh, honestly, call camp isn't even built for people who are, are, are ICP. Right. These are individual reps. They have no buying authority. Most of the time, um, they might even be using our competitors. They just want to come to learn. And through that, we've been able to really strengthen our brand as a company that knows what we're talking about in the call coaching and, and training space. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. Two things I want to get into with you there. How, you know, I, I love hearing story, like how people, you know, now you're doing a thousand signups for call camp would love to hear like how it started out and how you grew to there yeah and then second you know how are you guys generating demand from people who sign up so let's start with the first one like how how have you guys been able to grow that okay so call camp was around uh before i got to the company but it had no structure right so steve would do these um, videos and, and for those of you guys who don't know who Steve is, Steve Richard, our CRO, has been in the in the sales training space for a long time. So he has a following. He's uh, very well known, and he had a monthly webinar. Uh, had you know 
100, 150 people show up. Usually there were people where he had gone in the past, he had done an on-site, and those reps just, you know, they knew who he was, and they kind of followed him around. So his network, basically. Yeah, basically yeah. Just, just his network. Okay. Um, when, I, when I came on board, I put some structure into it, you know, put the, you know, it, it, we do about four touches, email touches, before we get to that 1,000 points. So we have to remind people to get them to sign up. Um, but it was putting things like that in place, you know, getting a little bit more intelligent with how we work with our uh, co-promoters and guests, you know, to make sure that we're not just giving our list away. Because for a while, you know, we were. There was just, hey, come on board, you know, give a handshake deal that you'll promote with us. And then, uh, you know, we'll give you our database, which uh, is kind of rough. You know, right. we, we would see people unsubscribe because they didn't want to get spammed. So put some structure around it. Uh, and really just, just builds it out. But like I said, it, it came with consistency and that's what people are looking for. And they're very vocal about it now. So when we change up the subject or Steve's not on it, or, you know, we've tested a few different things, people have let us know they don't like it. Interesting. Yeah. That's good feedback. Um, so yeah, people have come to expect it every month with Steve. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, okay. And then how, how are you guys, you know, you're obviously driving people to sign up. How are you converting that? into business right now? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's nothing too technical. Uh, when someone signs up, obviously we have a list of people that have registered. Uh, we'll give them a, a quick shout out. You know, usually we send the recording of the, the uh, call camp out to all the registrants regardless of whether they could attend or not. Yeah. Um, we have, you know, then they'll go into other nurture streams that we have. So they'll become part of our weekend digest and a few different things like that. And our goal really is just to nurture them slowly, uh, build a relationship with them. You know, there's, there's really no rush with these guys that come in through call camp because at the end of the day, they're not the right ICP. So we need to build up a lot of rapport with them before we ask them to do something for us, which would be an introduction to whoever has the buying authority at their organization. So usually we wait for a second conversion a lot of times they'll come through one of our gated assets. Um, and if they do that, then we'll reach out with a phone call, you know, see what's up, um, see how we can help. And a lot of times that leads to an introduction somewhere else. Nice. That's a, that's a good method of going about it. Um, okay. Any other channels or things that you've been exploring that worth bringing up? Um, you know, I can, I can talk about a few of them that we really, really like that we've been putting a lot of effort into uh, one of them we've been doing a lot of influencer marketing using Steve so he already has the reputation yeah um, we're trying to get him on every stage we possibly can and every podcast we possibly can you know right now I think the podcast and you guys are obviously onto this because you started a podcast but um, you know the amount of value you can get out of podcasts because uh, you build a relationship and trust with your audience. And then you have someone come on, you talk about them. As long as you're not trying to, to do that hard sell, you almost get the same, uh, the same level of relationship as we do with call camp. So we're realizing that and um, podcast is, is something that we're, we're going after pretty heavy right now. Nice. Yeah. There's a ton of sales podcasts out now too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's probably a good spot for us to, to end this one. Where can people connect with you, chat with you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, and uh, I'm one of the guys who are still hanging out on Twitter every day. Pretty me too, man. Yeah, so so check me out on Twitter if, if you're uh, there, and then uh, jesse-williams.com if you want to uh, 
there's really not that much there, but if you want to go see a website, you, you can do that. Cool. I'll link up to all that in the show notes. All Thanks right. so much for coming on, Jesse. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Mill. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Demand Gen Chat. One last thing before you do get out of here. Don't forget to subscribe through iTunes or whichever app you use to listen to your podcast so you don't miss any of our future episodes. And leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you think of the show. It helps us keep doing this so we can keep bringing you more episodes about marketing and demand gen. See you next time.